0: It's Alexa Terry here with a new episode of Singing Teachers Talk, the podcast that brings you great interviews, insightful discussions and advice around the topic of singing and teaching singing. Today I am joined by an Islander and bass graduate who runs a unique holistic studio, thought to be a confidence haven for singers. It's my pleasure to introduce Jersey's very own Gia Morgan. Hi Gia, it's so lovely to be spending some time with you. How are things on the island?
1: Hello. Hi, Alexa. Um, yeah, really good. Um, it's going well. The sun's still shining in October, um, which is fabulous. And um, yeah, the studio's the studios getting busier and busier, I have to say. Um, since I first started in the um, pandemic, I opened up the studio um and started online obviously um, but I was popping into town and doing some painting and putting up some shelves and um, yeah so it's going brilliantly I have to say I'm very busy and I've got group classes now coming in. Um, Earth Choir's on a little bit of a standstill um, and I'll talk about Earth Choir to you um, uh, in a little bit but yes.
0: Really. Nice. Amazing. Great. And, you know, every time I see you, I'm just kind of in awe of of your studio space. I mean, I can see you with all your trinkets and things and your lovely brick wall. It's, it's quite uh, a unique space. So I'd love for you to just describe your studio because it's something that you've described as safe and cozy and eccentric. So can you paint that picture for us? Give us a good old visual.
1: Yes. So I'll start off from the downstairs. Um, It's basically on the top of an estate agent's, which people wouldn't imagine. So it's quite magical when you walk up um, up the stairs and then you're coming into this. Yeah, I'd say it's it's very busy. Um, There's lots of plants for that oxygen that all singers need. But that's my little, uh, come and get some oxygen. And then the kids learn a little bit about um, the earth and as such. yeah, I've, I've kind of brought what I... This studio looks like my house. Um, it's not um, put there for aesthetic. It's literally just all of my clobber, basically. Not clobber, but things I've collected, um, trinkets. And as you can see um, when you walk in here, is um, lots of musical instruments on the wall that I've kind of collected and been given um lots of crystals which i'm going to talk about um candles incense just everything that kind of makes me me um in here colors etc
0: mm. yeah so a really different space i mean when i think of some of the studio spaces i've been in you know it's kind of your four, wall, four walls a couple of mirrors you know roof light you know I always tell my husband please don't put the big light on it's horrible it doesn't make you feel particularly cozy um so when you set up your space I know you said it's kind of you in a room uh and it's very much what you like your house kind of uh inspiration Hmm. so what what were the considerations there? How important was creating that particular environment and atmosphere for, for you as a vocal coach? And, and how do you think that impacts the experience of your students?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, massively. Um, I think even, you know, going to the smell of incense, I know it's something that some people really don't like the smell of. But as you come up into the studio and I, it's my little bit of um you know, I come in here and it's my ritual to put my candle on, my incense. And that makes a massive difference when people come in for a taster lesson and just smelling it as they walk up the stairs, they go, wow, what a wonderful smell. This has made me feel so relaxed. And that instant feeling of relaxation, that deeper, um, those deeper elements of, of of the earth that I create in here, um, obviously I use in my teaching. But yeah, I think when you make a space kind of tranquil and um, I guess inspirational. A lot of people I have to say a lot of my students who um, came to me once with one style, maybe grungy, are now coming in with crystals hanging on their neck and saying I bought incense the other day Gia, you'll love the smell and I think yeah these sorts of spaces that are really you and not clinical and bright and um, nothing there that's artistic um, really I guess inspire your students even more so Mm. um but yeah it's uh I have to say it's a growing progress but it keeps getting busier and busier But, um, yeah, it really does. Even the softness of the carpet, I've got a really soft carpet up here. And uh, I recommend students take their shoes off when they sing um, to connect to the earth better, feel their feet, feel that root chakra, um, which I talk about not all the time. I have to say I don't focus every lesson on let's do this, let's talk about chakra healing. And actually, my lessons are very full on vocal tuition really technique um I've done a lot of courses including bass that helps my teaching really be scientific as well so it's not all about um kind of the spiritual side but the elements in the room are so that brings it into it regardless of what we're doing Mm.
0: plus is there a better feeling than rubbing your feet on a really nice carpet no
1: (laughs) Lovely. Yeah. I get lots of great, great um, remarks from this carpet. everyone wants to buy it. <laughs> You'll be endorsing them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So
0: how does then that impact you as as the vocal coach? You're obviously very connected to these things with the candles and the incense. So how does that then impact your approach to... The lesson does that change your mood? Does that inspire
1: you? Absolutely. Um, I think it's very calming um, to teach in here, definitely. And with my sort of values and ethics of what I've grown up doing, um, and experiencing that time out, that mindfulness, that you know, thinking thinking out loud, which is something we do in here. It's not a space where if you're feeling upset. Um, and you're crying, I don't tell you to go to the toilet and wipe your eyes. You know, we as a group help you and give you a hug, etc. So me as a teacher in here, I feel sort of safe enough myself, not just my students, to delve deeper into practice with students, to actually be a bit crazy sometimes and, you know, lie on the floor with them and laugh and have a laughing fit because we're comfortable and it's not a school environment or... um, Yeah, I can't quite get the word for what um, environment I'm thinking in other areas. But I remember my growing up and doing vocal lessons with various teachers. um, And it would always be, you know, you can't cry. And if you do, you've got to run to the toilet or take a step outdoors and dry your tears. Or, you know, you can't laugh and burst into laughter sometimes and say, oh, I just sung that hilariously. But it doesn't, you know it was always very straight cut and you come into singing and you leave and you go home, you know. Mm. Um, whereas here, I I allow students to make teas, herbal teas, while they're waiting and see it as more of a relaxing, um, tranquil space for therapy, really, as well as opening up their voice. So would you say that it kind of challenges
0: then the kind of traditional teacher-student setup
1: that we read about, the way that you run things. Yes, absolutely. I mean, in here, it's more of a family-friendly environment. You know, I see, I see, up, you know, students upset and little ones who come from school and maybe fallen out with one of their friends and, um, I see it as a as a place I can become that friend or that mother or that father that they haven't got to speak to yet, etc. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say it's different to the school environment, different to when I was... Learning how to sing when I was younger, and I was asked to go outside to wipe my eyes if I was crying, whereas now, if people cry and hear we 're using song to get that emotion out it 's not the school environment no it's it 's a place where actually, as humans, we need to be empathetic, we need to show people love, um, and if we show that more, then our students will show it more, surely at school. Um, with their family, with their mothers and fathers. So, yeah, we're, we're giving that distraction to kids and showing them actually that you can have love in that environment as well. Hmm.
0: And out of interest, with your certain incense smells, candles and things like that, do you pick those according to what you think might be entering the room?
1: Occasionally, yes. Yes, if I get the males in. I'll go for more of a huskier smell because I kind of know that they're not going to like that floral buzz. Um, possibly it reminds them of their grandmother or something like that. shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean. So, yes, absolutely. And the kids, obviously, bright colors. So um, I do get a lot of colors out. I have a lot of wooden instruments with colors. um colourful crystals so one that I definitely use for the kids a lot is the rainbow stone Um, and that just gets them thinking back to those little things that um, that they know that I can put into their teaching so they might not know what turquoise is but they know what a rainbow looks like so I give them those stones and those crystals.
0: Oh, nice! So it's bringing like that kind of more tangible element to Mm. what is so
1: very much a sensation-based task skill. Absolutely. Actually, we do. uh, I do. I used to do baby classes um, for the mothers to come in here on the lovely carpet, um, and I'd have lots of. I kind of like baby play. Um, And baby sensory, but I use sensory for students anyway in here because I think it's really important. For example, if a student is um, very nervous, suffers from anxiety, obviously the crystals are going to help them. You know, I give them a crystal to have something to distract and focus on, but also soft things soft cushions, bubbly cushions. Um, I've got a few in my room. Um, crochet. And I say, you know, put your fingers in the crochet whilst you're singing. And I think life is all about those those feelings and those elements and that, um, I guess, that distraction to nature even. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Hmm. I guess there's a, I feel like the biopsychosocial word has been like, 2021 buzzword in uh, in the vocal cosmos if you like um and we we've got a podcast as Stephen King talking a little bit about that delving into that but Mm. I guess with these considerations you know putting certain smells in the room textures for whatever they might be feeling kind of is delving into that in a certain way isn't it um more so in the maybe psycho section of that Mm um and I mean I, I had a had a successful lesson recently just by putting on a virtual fireplace on the TV. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, odd. It wasn't anything that I, you know, planned ahead of time. I just thought, oh yeah, you know, I know I know this, this person really likes the autumnal months and they like fires and they've got um you know fireplaces they've had they've got good memories of fireplaces and actually there was a sh- there was a shift in energy um, and I don't know whether that's because I was looking for the shift or whether there was a shift but I felt mm-hmm. like it was actually a, a good lesson and I'm I'm deciding to pinpoint it on the virtual fireplace so thanks YouTube for that
1: <laughs> I love that I love the virtual fireplace especially when winter autumn hits it's so nice and and the fish bowl. Um, But yeah, absolutely. I think it totally changes um, the mind of the student. It puts them out of whatever their worries are. Not all the time. You know, I can't say people walk out my lesson and are cured of depression, but um, singing, you know, singing with someone, singing out loud is healing. Um, regardless of what you're doing, but if you're more connected into that moment by whatever that moment incurs, whether it's whether it's you touching something or watching something or perhaps thinking of that moment of emotion that is why you're singing this song, um, I think it definitely plays a massive part in what comes out of the singer. Mm. Yeah. So I can. I like that. I need to get a projector now in here. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next thing up on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So some of the holistic
0: approaches that you take involve, you know, as you've said before, singing barefoot, using crystals and alternative therapies. So before we delve into that, Mm. um, I'd really be interested to know kind of how that came about in your life and what role that has played in in your life experiences to now, if you don't mind sharing. Yes,
1: absolutely. So um, from a young child, I think my house has always been surrounded by Um, sort of the homeopathic crystals, incense, good wholesome food, um, plants, gardening. My dad's a gardener and artist. Um, My mum's a dancer, was a professional dancer um, at the Royal Ballet and travelled the world. Um, So I've always had that creative side in the family. And my sister's an artist and lives in India. So um, I did a lot of travelling when I was younger. Uh, I left ACM and went travelling and I sort of delved deep into practice there that I knew of Um, but yeah definitely from from a baby there's always been in every picture a Buddha you know in every picture peace and om and every picture my dad has with his hands in a peace sign so I think yeah I've I've brought into the studio a piece of me it's not an aesthetic that I'm trying to sell Um, it's just yeah But the travelling definitely was one thing that um, I think taught me a lot about how I wanted to teach singing. Um, And that was the healing part and the part that heals lots lots of people. The Egyptians many, many years ago used singing and crystals even to heal the voice, the throat chakra. Um, and those were the blue ones that I often use quite a lot in the studio. So um, the aqua, aquamarine, um, turquoise, lapis lazuli. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a big part of um, my growing up. Amazing.
0: So let's let's delve into the crystals then and chakra. And this is something that hasn't been part of my life. So I'm totally learning here. Um, so can you just explain what the chakras are and kind of how and when you would apply certain crystals to certain scenarios in your studio.
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, chakras, you can go to people for chakra healing. And um, that's something that I don't actually do in here. I don't heal chakras, but I use chakras as a base to um, tell the story of how the singer's feeling. Um, so where that energy is coming from so these are the energies of the body um, starting from the crown chakra making them their way all the way down to your root chakra so I work a lot on um, speaking about I don't advertise myself as a chakra healer um, I have done work with the School of Natural Science Medicine in London um, but I don't yes it's something that I just always like to think about for myself when I go to a yoga class when I go to a static dance on a tuesday night you know these things come into me anyway so it comes into my speaking but you've got um the throat chakra which is communication used for singing obviously all of our emotions um come through the voice um and through the larynx so when we're singing we're often letting out whatever we're holding there a lot of singers have a <clears throat> which you probably hear quite a lot and um I think all singers, all, all singing teachers are a bit of a... Uh, it's hard to kind of take that out of someone. But putting that energy somewhere else is often what I use. I say, when you want to do that, bend your knees, go through your feet, you know, because um, it makes it worse, as, as we know, doesn't it? Um, so, yes. And crystals are used in many different ways. Like I say, the ancient Egyptians used it for wellness and curing illness. So the Maryland University did an experiment on half and half, real crystals, not real crystals, and I don't quite know the results, but I think there was a placebo effect, and I think for people who are putting their energy into this spirited practice, whatever they're doing it will work for them. It's a bit like telling yourself, I'm not ill. I'm not ill. No, I don't have a cold. That will probably help your cold saying that. So, um, and I always tell people, no, you're not ill. Tell yourself you're not ill. And they, and they say that worked. You know, I went home and had a bit more of my echinacea and then I went to bed and woke up well. Um, So yeah, I really do think all these crystals that we can pick and we can You know, we can buy some jade one day and think, right, this is going to heal me from I saw it in the shop and I felt, you know, it attracted me. So that's what I was going to buy today. And I have a lot of students who do this now, which is quite amazing. Um, And obviously they feel something from it. So whether it works for people or not, there is that factor of putting your mind to it and getting that higher conscious, positive energy or getting rid of that negative energy that you're wanting through these stones and what I do in the studio is um, have students hold a particular crystal and when they do this obviously the distraction method is there so they're putting their focus elsewhere not worrying about oh I'm going to sing this part wrong or this part's going to go wrong because I haven't practiced it for homework Um, it's more get that energy feeling and I ask them what are you feeling do you feel anything some people don't feel anything some people feel a tingling some people feel cold, warmth. And I think just having someone connect to those earthly elements is special. I don't know how to explain it. It's just when you have a five-year-old telling you that they feel this 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 energy coming from this stone is just, for me, it's amazing. And, it, and I believe in it. I do. I, I, I really do think if you put your mind to it and you affirm and you shed and you, you know... I don't know you you give your imbalances to life's energy it will give back to you um mm. so it does work in teaching um and I think everyone should try it I think that could be your new little um try it on yourself at, you know at night and see if you feel anything from it and I'm sure you have you ever tried it I don't think I I have you know I I remember that we used
0: to have like magazines as kids and this is a very kind of blurry memory um and they used to send you like whoever it was the company used to send you a a bag of little crystals and i remember my sister having an amethyst quite i just i remember this amethyst but i mean i I never connected to it other than knowing it was part of a membership or something she got as a gift um Mm -hmm. but No, but I I can, I can understand, you know, putting your mind to something. And, you know, if someone tells you, you know what, you're going to go on stage and you're going to feel way more comfortable if you hold this thing, Mm. whether it works or not, and you get the result, well, it's who gives a shit. (laughs) You felt more comfortable, right? So, um, yeah,
1: it's not something I've tried personally, um, but maybe I will. Yeah it's um uh, amethyst is used for calming quite a lot so there are so there are different crystals for different sort of needs um but I think you know you could there's there's so many out there now not now they've always been there but they're more accessible for example my years six seven eight nines it's a big thing at the moment is to collect crystals and to it's kind of a it's like a trend yes That's yeah it. Um, and it's great I think they've got those little energy rings and they crack when and you know whether that works or not I'm sure it does um, for them I've never had one but I can imagine it it cracks in some sort of way with the heat from the hands Um, I've never really had any of my crystals crack but they've never been on my skin for that long Um, stones more so and do you have um, a Himalayan salt lamp do you know what I, I have loads in my house I have about four because um, we don't have cats they're not good for cats but um in here no actually um just because my sockets I wish I had more sockets actually but I'm quite happy I don't because I'm I think there's enough energy in here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just read something about
0: um it was an article I don't know where it was from. If I find it, I'll make sure I put it in the podcast um description, but it was saying I think it was back in two thousand and eighteen that it was I think it was the Himalayan salt lamps, which were one of amazon's most mm. bought products or something.
1: yeah, so I me on that, <laughs> yes, well, I can imagine they've got lovely light. Um, And I love the Himalayas. So I think that they're they're a very peaceful, um, they're a very peaceful light to have in your house. I definitely recommend having one in your bedroom, even, you know, when you're a long day of teaching um, and just coming back to that calm. I think as teachers, we need that calm as well. Um, I think there's so much energy we give, um, so much life we give to our students. Um, We need that time as well, I think. Mm.
0: So what would be then your kind of top three most used or most successful crystals in your studio?
1: Definitely for throat chakra would be the blue crystals. So you're looking at turquoise, aquamarine. um, I'm wearing my aquamarine top today um, in this podcast and uh, lapis lazuli. So um, actually I I did a little post for people, there's a lovely lady on Depop and Etsy who sells a little lapis um, necklaces. And it's just nice having it close to the throat chakra. That's that's the that's the healing crystal for that chakra. Um, any blue or green colors, bluey green, um, that will bring that communication. And that, um, yeah, so definitely blue, um, even if you see anything that's blue that's a crystal I think that will work it's that color that's sort of a bit like purple is the color of calm and um so yes all of the blues lapis definitely lapis lazuli okay great great so
0: because of your involvement here with the alternative healing um do you find that you attract particular clients with particular obstacles or experiences or or problems is there a pattern or is it kind of just anyone kind of comes in.
1: At the moment, um I mean I teach lots and lots of different people from most of most most people want to sing. So I don't get people in here who aren't singers and just want to come in and enjoy the vibe. Um, They definitely want to sing. Perhaps I attract more people who want a safer space and a place of no judgment because that's what I, I, you know, they, as people know me in Jersey, it's quite small. Um, they know me as being open to that, um, open to people coming in, even if they can't sing, but they want that life from me. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I mean, a lot of school kids, um, a lot of Adults, adults who are in bands, adults who are recording, DJs. I teach quite a lot of personal trainers. Um, I teach about five personal trainers out of about sixty students. Um, so that was quite—that's quite a high number. I'm not sure if there's just lots of personal trainers in Jersey, but they like to work on their voice because they're using it a lot. Um, so yes, I'd say different, different people. But I, yeah, I don't have people who who just want the healing aspect, because obviously I am still a, a, you know, a singing studio.
0: Mm. Yeah. So it's, you know, as you say, you use the scientific pedagogy as well, you know, as your, your main basis of stuff. And this other considerations is coming from your life experiences and your background and your beliefs and, and the power that you believe it can, you know, benefit people.
1: Yes, for sure, for sure. Especially when I was in India, in Bali, um, I went on many retreats. I, I didn't actually pay for them. I, I met a guy, Puno Wazoo, um, and he took me there. He heard my voice and he said, you must come and sing. And we did Bhakti Healing and, and uh, Kirtan Meditation, where it's singing um, and meditating. Um, and the Guausha as well that I wanted to talk about is is um really good for throat um the throat massage so just something that i wanted to get in there today is um that's another crystal and this one's great um jade sorry you can get it in amethyst as well um rose quartz sorry and that's um that I cu- that stemmed from my sister asking me to get one. she says, "Geeer, you'll really want one for your face. it' will plump it up, you know, and um and I actually use it here on my neck, so I'm going up and down my neck with the groucher, obviously you're pulling it like that um, and it's a fabulous tool, so I think every singer and singing teacher should should invest even if you're not into the crystal thing, just get a nice rose quartz or jade jade's more sturdy." Um, but that for a little vocal and larynx massage is really good for the jaw as well.
0: Amazing. Um, so at the beginning, you kind of mentioned your earth choir and, um, you know, getting your feet into the ground. So how does that, how has that impacted your students and your, your choir, you know, kind of getting down into their roots and, um, what
1: was the inspiration with earth choir? So the inspiration was singing in a group, um, cause you know, going back to when I was traveling, I knew how healing singing was as a group, emotionally um, letting go, getting into that that trance of vocal where you're not really thinking about vibrato, tone, texture, anything. You're just singing and it's coming straight from the heart through the feet Um So that was my inspiration. That was where I said, I need to do this and I need to do it in Jersey. There are lots of lovely dance groups in Jersey that use um, the same sort of thing. So shamanic and ecstatic dance. And I just knew there was a place for me here to do something. I did do it um, and I kind of put it on hold because of when we had that second wave of COVID um, and I wanted it to be a bigger group. But that was sitting around in a circle, lights off, lights on, very dim lighting, um, candles. And we started off with tribal music, whatever that was, whether it was Indian or South American. And we chant whatever came out our mouth. So at times we would do a vocal warm up, you know, and then um, after or before. Um, but it was bringing back those ancient traditions that really entices me into my teaching as well i definitely think um yeah i definitely think all of the people who inspire us these days um people who are, go into deeper practice with with themselves um were doing all these things and they didn't have vocal lessons they were just doing them um as their as their healing as their day-to-day life their rituals
0: Mm. And and you mentioned the deeper practice. Can you just go into that a little bit more about what that is? And
1: yeah, so the feelings of 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 the feelings you get when you're singing, um, the feelings that are coming through your head, through your body. Um, you know, ecstatic for some, nerve wracking for others. And it's understanding. It, it's becoming conscious of that feeling, and. Um, Some people, it takes people on journeys, some people see their past and their future. And so the deeper practice is the affirmations as well, and the deeper consciousness into how you're feeling when you're singing. So, for example, with students as well, which I haven't touched upon yet, um, but I'm sure you see on my social platforms is affirmations. So for younger students to affirm to themselves, I love my voice, you know, I am good enough. Um, and all of these things play a massive part into deepening their knowledge of themselves, their healthier outlooks, their um, confidence. Um, so yeah, it's that's hence why I said sort of the studio is is a place where you can gain confidence more so. I think actually my childhood of singing lessons was tainted by, you know, favourites and. Um, teachers who didn't allow us to cry and to scream and to shout if we needed to not that you know many of us would but it was very structured and textbook whereas I think the deeper practice is allowing that to flow out allowing people to express more is
0: affirmation that you do is that linked with any work that you might do on manifestation
1: yes yeah Mm -hmm. So you can manifest through your affirmations um, and manifesting, I mean, even coming to a singing lesson, you're manifesting for yourself. You're giving yourself that opportunity to learn, to sing, to open. Um, so absolutely affirmations are a key to success because you're believing in yourself and the only person who can really believe in yourself is yourself um, fully Uh, because it's you who steps forward and does whatever you do Um, so yes I I think manifesting is something you can do as well as affirm oh well Gia it's a dream to talk to you and uh, I look forward to all the things you put
0: up on your social media it's uh, really interesting Um, so thank you so much for giving me your time um, and I'll speak to you soon thank you I'll speak to you soon
1: thank you so much want to connect with like-minded singing teachers then why not join our facebook group it's a great place to discuss your teaching ask for advice and share what you've learned you can find our group by heading to our facebook page forward slash bash training b-a-s-t training and clicking on the group tab
0: see you in there